Welcome in to Kaplan's NCLEX PrepCast presented by KaplanNursing.com, which offers prep courses for the NCLEX RN and NCLEX PN exams. On today's episode, we're going to take a look at what can be a very stressful subject, the resume and interview process. To discuss, we bring on Connie Perkins, past listeners to the PrepCast. Remember, Connie, but for those who haven't listened before, Connie, first of all, welcome, and can you give our listeners some of your background? Absolutely. So um, my background involves, of course, bedside nursing. I have floated from every department um, possible in a rural community hospital, which has posed its specific uh, challenges there from OB to med surge to ICU, uh, behavioral health, the emergency department, you name it. Um, that has given me a really strong background of um, being flexible, time management, knowing um, you know the differences there. I progressed from a bachelor's degree to a master's degree. My master's degree focuses on administrative and leadership. So, of course, you know, professionalism and, um, you know, the background in management really does help me with a topic like this, um, as well as preparing my students because I um, also have a PhD in nursing education. And um, I work full time as a university professor as well, teaching both associates and bachelor students. Um, I also work through Kaplan um, in a little bit of a different uh, way, uh, not just doing these podcasts, um, but through their online, live online courses, as well as um, face to face classes, which is a wonderful, wonderful opportunity for everybody. So um, I'm really glad to be here, um, be talking about this um, topic because I do think that it is a very stressful. Uh, stressful thing that we all have to go through. So any tips that I can give, I'm happy to. And I should probably introduce myself, Matt Cruel, on jury duty. Dan Strafford here. I am a co-host of uh, Kaplan's uh, Trending and Education podcast. So I'm stepping in for Matt here on this episode uh, to get uh, Connie's perspective, but also uh, wishing Matt well on his civic duty there. Uh, we've all been there before in one way, shape, or form. And uh, it's uh, a good transition here. You take jury duty. You have to usually leave your job for a day or two if you're working full-time. And uh, that works out maybe even longer if you get chosen. But uh, finding that job, the one you want, and especially in a field like nursing, which has, is a field that you study for, that you go through so much education, you're now done and you're turning the page to applying to jobs and trying to find sort of, you know, the, the culmination of that process, right? Has to be stressful, has to be something that can be, uh, you know, utterly, you know, just tiring and, and, and something that can be so, so stressful. How do you go about picking the jobs to apply to? How do you winnow, uh, whittle down the ones you want, whittle down the ones that will be best for you? What, what are some of those tips right here at the top? Uh, for how do you pick the jobs you apply to? Yeah, that's a great question, Dan, because, and I like how you said that, that, you know, you got to pick a place, you know, you're at the end, you've worked so hard, now is that time. And, you know, even with the nursing shortage, we are still finding a lot of agencies that are very picky. There are plenty of students who go for interviews and do not get that job that they were really banking on because of, you know, a lot of different factors. But, you know, where I would start with what I want, where I would want to apply would be focusing on that destination. You know, maybe it is a distance thing. You know, maybe you're looking at the place of um, where I want to work. Maybe it was where you did your clinicals. Maybe you have a friend that works there. You know, get that inside scoop. Ask the nurses if you're, you know, in school now and getting ready to do that application. Ask the nurses that you're shadowing with, you're precepting, whatever. You know, ask them, why did you choose to work here? 
you know, look at that. Um, you want to think of um, researching the agency as well. Check out their website. Is this a place that you find value in? You know, what are what are their mission? What's their vision? Does it make sense to you? Uh, think of your future career too. You know, just because you um, you know want to work in a NICU, a lot of times you're not going to get that right away. But apply for med surge at the hospital that has a NICU. Get yourself in there and then transfer. You know. So I don't want you just to focus on distance alone, but that's where a lot of people start and that's okay, you know, but don't just base it on that. Think about your future and what you really want to do and take those opportunities. That's where I would start. It's funny you say distance and you mean, you know, distance from and uh, I get that, but also it's the distance of your career. Like where, where do you see your career going? And this is a, more and more uh, career aspirations are not near term, meaning that you're going to switch jobs. Uh, you're going to move businesses now in, you know, general business terms, you might switch companies and you might move around. But to your point, even what you do uh, where you work, you're doing multiple jobs just under one header, really. Um, so it's a, a great point of, you know, you may not, start where you want to end and that's okay and focusing on the long play to an extent uh, is really important right at the top um if you have found the place you want to apply you you you've found maybe three of them you're you're trying to uh, get a couple of resumes in you're trying to get interviews on the books what what next why what do you do next what's the next step now that you've honed in on a couple of places you want to apply what do you do next yeah, absolutely. You would want to definitely get on their website, see what the application process is like. Most of them are going to be online, you know, these days. That's what a lot of it. Some of them are using outside agencies, you know, to submit everything through. But you want to make sure that you don't wait till last minute. If there's an application deadline, then you want to get in there and make sure because if something goes on with your computer, you can't upload it, you know, something that's not going to be what they want to hear for an excuse, you know, uh, especially if it's you got to download Java or something, you know, you never know. Um, so you want to make sure that you hop on their website, you find that out early, find out the deadline and include all the documents. If they want a cover letter, if you don't know what a cover letter is, now's the time, not right before. Um, you want to make sure you upload that resume. Um, if they need letters or recommendation, you give your people long enough. You know, that's something that I do letters of recommendation all year long, regardless over the summer or over breaks. And I do try to get that back to my students as soon as possible. But honestly, you know, you really want to give your person two to four weeks um, for that. And certainly, you know, there are plenty of people who will help you out. I'm sure that have helped you during this journey, but you want to think about that. So never, you know, wait till last minute to do that. And I like that you said as well, Dan, that, you know, a few places that you want to apply, where do you start? That's a good tip as well. You don't want to just apply at one place because you do never know, you know, so that's a really good idea. And, you know, don't feel bad about following up. Maybe if the application deadline is April something, you know, the end of April, you might be calling or sending an email. Hey, did you get everything you need? Is there anything else? Just following up, you know, give them a call. And I've been in on plenty of interviews um, throughout uh, some management positions that I have held. And that is a question that we have asked HR. You know, HR is going to be where they're going to start, but that's a question I have asked. And before I was a nurse, I was a secretary at a factory, actually. And that was one of my jobs. My boss would always ask me, did anybody call today following up on a job? And they would want to know their first last name when they applied, that kind of stuff. So I think that that is a really valuable uh, tool to know that you can follow up, whether it's email or phone. They do keep track of that. 
Yeah, it's a great point, especially as we get more and more digital and we get reliant on text messages and emails. Uh, A personal touch goes a long way. So making that phone call or even a personalized email, making sure that you are being specific uh, probably makes a world of difference, not just in the nursing world. But I think this podcast will apply to pretty much anyone. You're applying to a job. These are tips that that just apply and and, uh, are good ways to go about it. Also rings true, I think, for a lot of applying to graduate school and to nursing school about the application process. You make a great point about um, the cover letter and the letters of recommendation. Give yourself time. And if you're giving yourself time, give the other people time. You don't want someone writing a letter of recommendation in a day. You want to give them time to think through who you are and why they're recommending you and have those pieces in the background. You don't want to stress them out because you're stressed out. So uh, a key there as well. So now we know where we're applying. We've gone through the process. We see our schedule. We've, we've made our calendar of events that we need to hit to, to apply to the job. Well, how am I making a resume? How am I piecing together this, these data points of who I am and what I've done to make it representative to a company that I'm applying to? Yeah. And this is a big one too, because I see it all the time, you know, not to really point out legally blonde of all things, you know, the movie, but you really don't want it to be scented in pink. I mean, let's be honest. That's not what you want them to remember you by. When you think resume, I want you to think times new Roman and black and white, Yep. you know, you want it to be factual. You want it to be organized. You want it to reflect you, but you don't want them to remember you, you, you as the person that has this, you know, lime green hot pink, whatever on it, because that's, they're just going to cast it aside. So um, you want to think the prettier it is, the less it's going to work for you, especially when you are entering a profession, that is something that they're going to look at. So, you know, there are plenty of templates. I would say any of them are probably fine. You know, you want to just think of that black and white um, there, uh, making sure you have all your facts. Honestly, I've used the Microsoft Office one. That's been fine. Um, But you want to make sure that you're printing it on resume paper, you know, go to Walmart or wherever, get that kind of tan um, nicer paper, print that on there to bring with you. You want to include uh, clubs you're in, offices held, even if they were a short period of time, you know, maybe you were a treasurer for one semester in school you know of the student nurse organization or something that's fine you know you just want to make sure you include that now if you're not in a professional organization or didn't do you know much while you're in school you know maybe some of the listeners are have been out of school for a little while um, you want to consider joining something like the American Nurses Association. You know, that's, it is a little bit of an expense, you know, however, um, it really shows that you're thinking beyond just the here and now. You want to be part of that bigger profession. And that's some, an organization everybody knows. Everybody knows the ANA. And everybody's going to pick up on that. And keep in mind, you know, when you put that on your resume, that you're part of the American Nurses Association, you just put what year you started it's fine if especially now if you're applying now and you put oh i joined in 2017 for all they know it's january you know and you've been a member for almost a year now so you know you want to look at that and it has some really great benefits you know certainly be able to speak about it if you join it just before you go you know i don't want to be um you know deceiving at all but you know you want to look at that and comment on why you chose them you know, was it the webinars and professional, um, you know, uh, things that they give you magazines, you know, and all that. So you want to make sure you have something on there and think about your past jobs, not just the medical ones, you know, I don't want you to put too many things on there, but 
if there are other things that are non-medical, think about the responsibilities and how they relate to nursing. Perhaps you worked in a factory, why don't you go ahead and include the, one of the responsibilities as working with others to promote factory safety? I mean, didn't, didn't, doesn't everybody do that? And that applies to nursing. I would love to see that as one of right. my candidates. Right, exactly. It just can go anywhere. Um, another thing I would say is uh, get a professional email. If you're, you know, hot mama 45 right now, you know, you might want to oh, read that. Me. You pegged my right. email address. That's, that's what it is. Yeah, that's where I got the idea, Dan. You know, I pretty much I thought that was good. Uh, but yeah, you know, you want to think about that. And you know, kind of something funny um, that I did not think about when, of course, I went to college got a cell phone, set up my voicemail, never listened to my voicemail again. And, oh gosh, I was probably out of college, um, three or four years, was teaching, you know, of course had a couple jobs. My boss had called me before, never thought about it. And my uncle leaves me a voicemail and says, oh, well, I hope you'd call me back. I'm pretty important. And I thought that was weird. And then I got to thinking about it. Well, my voicemail said, oh, you've reached Connie. Maybe I'll call you back. Maybe I won't. You know, because I thought that was funny then. And I never thought about it. Nobody ever mentioned, but I just internal, internally mortified that I had left that. And, you know, not that that's going to sink your ship necessarily, but something to think about that I did not, of course, that's since changed. But I thought, oh my goodness, now some of my students have heard that and some of, you know, my boss. So it's something to think about that as well. Um, and certainly adjusting your resume for every position that you apply for. If in the position job description it says teamwork or charge nurse or leadership, then drop some of those words right into the responsibilities of other positions. Rephrase those things. And same thing with the objective line. A lot of them say, you know, we'll have an objective line. Why are you applying for a job? Just a one sentence uh, form. Usually, you know, as I advanced my career, I included my degree. So if you're coming out of school with a bachelor's degree, then you might want to include that. You might want to say, seeking a position that challenges what I've learned obtaining my bachelor's degree, you know, something like that to really highlight that you've got that next thing. And that's the, one of the first things that they see. So there's a lot of things to tailor a resume, but uh, you know, the, the biggest tip I would say is that professionalism. It's such, so many good points in there. I just want to hammer home on three of them. One, uh, the idea of the objective, you see some resumes without, and you see some with, but if you use it, it's your, it's your thesis. It's your lead. Right. It's yep. what they read Absolutely. first. And everything after that is supporting that fact. And it's such a great point of tailor it to the job you're applying to. So many people think, Oh, the cover letter is what matters to tailor it, tailor it to, but you make a great point. Tailor the resume. Go that extra yeah. mile to make sure. And that's the second point. And the third one is just an anecdote of my own. Uh, my wife got a new iPhone five years ago. Our daughter was two. And she recorded her voicemail. And it was, uh, you know, hi, this is Kimberly. And she went through. But you hear in the background, my daughter going, Mama, is that yours? Is that your phone? And just the, that it was great for a while. But then my wife started her own business. And she realized, oh. I need to change it. No, it's really sweet. And it's great. But you get to a point where sweet and great can only go so far. So you make a great point there, too, of thinking of yeah. all those peripheral points that you might yeah. interact with people. And, and the voicemail is one of them, especially uh, today. Same with your social media accounts. Don't forget, well, like, if, if, if you have those out there, you're applying for jobs. It's really important to, to put your best person out there, not only on you know, your resume and your, your cover letter, but Twitter, Facebook, or lock right. them, one or the other, you know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> set your privacy settings. 
So uh, I, I, we, we've already covered so many great topics, but you've now applied. Uh, you are ready to go in for an interview. They've said, hey, this is a candidate we like. This is somebody that we think fits in well enough here, but let's find out some more about you. How do you prepare for this interview? We've gone through you know, maybe a nursing school interviews, maybe some college interviews, maybe we've had some part-time jobs or, or things that we've worked. So we've gone through interviews before, but how is a nursing or, or this job interview different and how do you prepare for this interview? Yeah, so great job already that you're in. You know, you got this interview, but you want to continue that. You want that resume that you worked so hard on to reflect the professionalism that you put out there. So definitely, again, you know, looking at the position you applied for, you know, you already did that um, and put that in your resume, but be familiar with it. Read it over the morning, you know, before uh, and bring maybe even bring a copy of it with you because that will show them that you did your research. You know what you're applying for, that you're in this, you know, um, in it to win it, essentially, you know, that you're really paying attention. Um, you want to also um, look at their website prior to coming. What's their mission? What's their vision? Can you include some of that in your conversation with them? They're going to pick up on that right away. These people live and breathe these words um, and, you know, have changed or not changed them over the years, depending how long they've been there. So they might have been in the process of coming up with the actual words. So they're going to hear you say the words and they're going to connect that right away and remember you for that. So those are some big things for sure. Make sure those are fresh in your mind. Bring a copy of your resume in individual folders, you know, maybe two or three uh, to pass out in your face-to-face -face interviews. You know, a lot of places what I'm finding um, when you apply online is you're dropping parts of the resume in, you know, you might not even be attaching it, but bring that cover letter, bring that resume right with you in individual folders and offer it to those who are there and have a copy for yourself so you can specifically point out, they ask a question, hey, I'm glad you pointed that out because, or I'm glad you asked that because in this other position on page two of my resume this is what it says and they'll look at that as well as really organized really professional you know on it this is someone that we would want to work with um, and represent us um, dress for success of course you know that's a big one business professional is always the best business casual is okay um you know but you want to think of um you know where you're applying as well most of you guys are probably going to be applying at a hospital uh so you want to think of that honestly i think the best uh thing that i could tell you is your manager should never ever see your toes there's there's really nothing else that i can say you're going to be working in a hospital most hospitals have their policies written out that not only can you not have the front of your you know shoes open or mesh but it needs to be fully back as well that's for your safety and protection and it just gives a good um you know overall feel of professionalism in nursing anyways uh so that should start from then they should not see your your feet, your toes, you know, your ankles, none of that business, um, you know, from the um, get-go. You should think about, you know, ladies with the low-cut shirts, let's, you know, get that under control. That's not going to be a thing that you're ever going to want. Um, and, you know, think about trimming your nails and just having a clear coat on them. You know, we all love to get our nails done. And, you know, maybe it's before graduation and you are getting them done okay you know we'll give you a little slack there but you want to think of this person is looking at you from a policy standpoint honestly you know you might go through some 
interviews where you have some uh, bedside nurses there with you, but the people who are initially meeting you are the ones that are enforcing the policies and the policies will reflect that. So think all about infection control, think about, you know, what's going to be expected. And certainly, um, you know, for the gentleman listening, you know, a tie is always best. You know, one of the questions I got once um, was somebody had sent me a message um, and a picture and said, you know, I'm applying at a smaller hospital. So I didn't think I needed to dress up too much. Is this dress okay? I could have come unglued. I'm like, really? Like, why don't you apply for a professional job, period? You know, like, it just amazes me. But yeah, you always want to do that. Um, you want to also make sure that you make eye contact, firmly shake their hand. Um, yeah, be early. You know, that's always a good thing, especially, you know, even if the organization is late, you know, if they're, they're interviewing all day, you want to be there so that they see you, you were there early, they'll pay attention to that. Um, and sit up, you know, when they talk to you, watch your posture, fine tune your listening skills. If they use, uh, you know, a phrase, try to repeat that back, use their names, you know, anything that you can do, speak up, don't mumble, um, and answer all the questions that they have. And if you smoke, a lot of places are not hiring, you know, they're testing hair, they're testing all these things. They don't want their workers to smoke. If you smoke, you know, make sure you don't do it before you go. Um, you know, and work on quitting. That's just a healthcare thing, of course, you know, but, um, you know, you don't want to do that before. Don't chomp on gum while you're talking to them either. Although, you know, putting a mint in is completely acceptable, you know, and appreciated in most cases. And a tip that um, I don't think a lot of people really think of is bringing a professional bag with you, you know, a plain over the shoulder bag, something like that, not bringing in a big bulky purse that's got, you know, all sorts of gems and stuff on it that we all love, and a notebook you know, a plain notebook and pen so that you can take notes, get that right out when you sit down, open that up and write things down, you know, from that, that shows some organization for sure. So many amazing things there. And I think <laughs> you, what you almost, what you said is act like you're already working there, like act yeah. like you belong and act like you are someone who they want, they, they can't not hire double negative, right. I understand, but like yeah, no, make yeah. it a problem for them not to hire you by showing that you are ready to step out on that floor and be a nurse that day that it's not going to take training up to do. I think amazing points there. And I think something that Kaplan stresses across all of our, you know, uh, prep courses about interviews is treat every single person you meet as if they are interviewing you. You never know yes. who's going to influence the process here from all of our, you know, leads across all of our businesses, all of our teachers really reinforcing. I love it. If the secretary or the admin, if it's the janitor, if it's someone holding the door open for you, you never know who's going to influence your hiring. So I really took that to heart. I love that idea. I'm also just somebody who believes, hey, let's be nice to people. But um, yeah. it, it comes through really in just showing what kind of person you are and, and how you'll interact with this staff and how you'll be a part of a team. And, and I think that's a, a really important one as well. So we're in the interview room now. We've made it this far. We have a very smart business professional attire on. We're not showing our toes or the back of our feet. Uh, we are, no one would want to see that for me. Um, we are ready to, to be interviewed. and we're, we're sitting up. We are attentive. We've prepared. What can I expect to be asked? Like, What are those questions that I should be ready to answer that are pretty typical for a process like this, especially specific to the nursing field? 
Yeah. So, of course, any interview, you know, and this is kind of a little bit uh, broad, but a lot of interviews, they ask, what are your strengths and weaknesses? We always struggle with that question, you know, and uh, we're getting more specific to nursing, of course, as the, you know, interview goes. But that's a lot of times what they ask. And my biggest tip on that question is to come up with something. Don't say, well, I'm not sure, you know, or just pick a really good strength and like, I'm just a really good team player, you know, and I don't really know of many weaknesses. I don't get a lot of feedback there. They don't want to hear that, you know, but whenever you do come up with a weakness, you know, something that I've always used is if I'm applying for a position, it's likely a specialty that I haven't worked before or in a place I haven't worked before or the next leadership position up. So I would say, well, honestly, you know, my weakness right now is inexperience for this position. However, um, I think that I qualify because, you know, and kind of list that and then highlight a strength, but don't go overboard, you know, with it. You want to say, you know, um, something that I have gotten in feedback is that I communicate well uh, or, you know, I have good time management skills during a med pass my my uh, clinical instructor shared with me or something you know you want to do something like that um, but be prepared for that another one that I hear a lot is do you work well as in a team that can sometimes be the thing and most positions are going to say you know you that you're going to want to say yes to that um, because most nursing positions you are working in a team so be prepared for something like that um, and you they might also ask specific examples of positive and negative clinical experiences especially if you're coming right out of school or even if you worked somewhere else they might ask you specifically could you come up with um, a positive experience from where you worked before that you handled a difficult scenario so you want to think of some things um, with that uh, in mind and you want to make sure that you're highlighting critical thinking clinical judgment those type of things um, and you know also be careful with um, you know HIPAA you know you don't want to specific specifically include patients names or anything you know but you want to say you know we had a gentleman that this happened you know and that's you know leave it to that but they'll they'll want to know what you did in that scenario. So you want to think of it that way too. They love to ask, do you want to advance your education? So, you know, be prepared with that, especially if you're coming out with an associate's degree. You know, you want to really think about that baccalaureate degree. Something that I have my students fill out is um, a RN to BSN plan. And I encourage them to take that with them to their interview. And it is a simple handwritten. I have them compare our program uh, where I work uh, because our program you can graduate with an associate's degree and then continue on for our RN to BSN program or take the boards and move on, you know, um, either way after two years. So um, I I have them look up our program, how many credits, how many class, how much it will cost, you know, time, pros, cons, that kind of stuff. And then I have them pick any other program, RN to BSN. And I tell them, take that right with you to your interview because if they ask you about your next step, then say, you know, I've been thinking about that and I've compared these two programs. So it's definitely something I'm considering. Now, don't lie if you're not considering the next degree. Maybe you already have a bachelor's degree, you're not thinking master's degree, or you have an associate's and you're not looking towards the bachelor's. That's fine. But you want to gear it a little bit differently. Maybe you are thinking of a certification, a med cert certification, an ICU certification, you know, something that isn't really going back to school, but really known, um, you know, through that. Um, or even if you just want to focus on that first couple years of being a brand new nurse, you might want to include, you know, I see I'm applying for um, an ICU position. 
So I would really like to take advantage of uh, advanced cardiac life support, you know, ACLS, uh, PALS, you know, something like that to say, you know, is that something that you guys offer here or would I need to seek that out? Most hospitals are going to offer it there. But that gets them thinking that just because you don't want to go back to school doesn't mean that you are against continuing your education and advancing your career. They may also ask you specific scenarios about stress reduction or handling a rude physician or family member or even what you do if you were asked to stay over um, past your shift. So you want to have good examples of those as well. And really, what would you do? Think about those things. And you want to make sure that you are honest. But, um, you know, again, highlight that team player. It, work on communication, have a servitude attitude, you know, that kind of stuff. So, and again, like I said, these people that you are interviewing with at first, they're the ones that want to know those things. They are not going to throw you on the floor and say, pass meds to nine patients right now in two hours. Good luck. You know, we want to see that. They're asking you policy type of questions. So be prepared for that. That sounds like a bad reality TV show <gasps> in the making there, but um, uh, I would not want to be at that hospital. But um, the uh, amazing stuff again, I think um, as we talk through this, what questions to be prepared for, I, I really think that strength and weaknesses one is one that hangs so many people up, myself included. Weaknesses, you do the, well, I, I don't manage my time and you get hung up yeah. thinking how to spin it. But I think you made a great point. Just wanted to double down on it here say the weakness, but say how you're going to fix it. Like say, like have that prepared of how you're going to, how you're working on it. Admit it's admitting you have a problem and then seeing it through of how you're going to fix it. So a great, great list there of different things to think about during the interview and what questions you should expect to be asked. All right. So we get to that point where the tables are turned and the interviewer says, well, do you have any questions for us? Should you, I, sort of a form question here first, and then what questions should you ask? Should you be asking questions throughout the interview? Should you feel the, the, the time to interject, or is there sort of a give and take of let them ask you if you have any questions for them? Well, you know, I think that can go either way, Dan. I think that, you know, that's part of the engagement process. If you have a question, think, you know, that comes up, certainly don't cut somebody off, but ask it then. I think that's appropriate. Um, actually, that's a great way to do it. But if most places, you know, they'll have a process at the end after they're all done. Well, thanks for coming. Um, did you have any questions for us? That type of thing. So, you know, it all just depends. But I think either way, you know, that could be appropriate uh, throughout uh, to show them that you're paying attention, you're, you're engaged as well as at the end. Yeah, I think that could go either way. All right. So what are what are some of these questions that we're going to ask or, or I, I, obviously every interview is different. So you're going to have things that come up and right. you're going to have questions that are very specific to you and your job. But what are some of the high level questions you feel uh, interviewees should have in their arsenal ready to go uh, in case nothing specific comes up? Yeah. I mean, I really believe everybody's going to ask about the continuing education thing. That's a big thing right now. But if they don't mention it, that you could ask that, you know, it, are there opportunities for continuing education? You know, you don't want to specifically be, you know, fielding for are you going to pay for this or not necessarily, but that gets them thinking if they didn't bring it up 
you're thinking of it too. Um, so that's a good thing, you know, uh, there. You want to ask, are there opportunities for professional growth within this position? Perhaps that means joining a unit-based council that meets once a week as part of a shared governance program. And they can give you the whole rundown on that um, as well. And you might have specific questions about how to join, how often, what's a commitment, um, that kind of stuff. But that tells them that you're thinking ahead. Shared governance is a big thing in most hospitals, especially if you're applying at like a magnet or pathway to excellence hospital, those are going to come up. Um, or maybe even is there opportunity for uh, me to move forward for a charge nurse position? You know, every floor is going to have a charge nurse of some sort or supervisor or something, um, you know, looking about that. And also asking position specific uh, questions. So if you're applying for med surge, maybe it didn't say that you need to have ACLS, you know, but maybe that's something you want to ask about. Um, a lot of um, schools, we have the students do their um, uh, child abuse clearance that they need for their license anyways. So you might even want to include that. You know, tell them, you know, that something that I'm familiar with, uh, my school had me do my child abuse clearance for Act 31. So I'm familiar with webinars. Do we ever do any webinars here that I could participate in? You know, that really shows them, oh, well, you're really thinking about your license and really thinking about, you know, how to maintain that. Because, you know, working in management previously, you know, as supervisor, I don't, it came up a few times. Somebody didn't have their CPR, you know, somebody didn't, you know, get their license renewed on time. So they couldn't work. I mean, that was something immediately that I thought, what? People are really, they don't keep track of that. Sure. But, you know, that's something from, like I said, that supervisor standpoint, I thought, what? You know, this can't be happening. So you want to give them that impression that you know what the requirements are for your licensure and you're, you know, interested in upholding that responsibly. Great, great points. And again, it, it's that over overarching theme here is act, act like you're already working there. Yep. Act, like do all those extra steps that you are prepared to get out on that floor that day. And it's not just, as you said, you know, giving meds to, to patients, but it's all of those other things that go into being a nurse and being a professional nurse mm -hmm. uh, in whatever setting, right. uh, small office, large hospital, whatever it may be, right. makes total sense. All right. We, we've, We've made it through. We feel comfortable. We, we've sat up straight. We've gotten really good feedback from uh, the interviewers, and and maybe they bring someone else in, and we're 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 killing it right now. We are. We feel like we're great. What's the question or questions that can stop that? What are the questions I should stay away from asking uh, during an interview? Yeah, so definitely I would not be asking about salary in your first interview. That's something that turns people off. And you know, it, this is especially important if it's a hospital that is competitive with salary, believe it or not, because they don't want to recruit somebody just because they want that sign-on bonus or, you know, what have you. They want to know that you're in it for being part of that culture or, um, you know, wanting to be compassionate about the position you take, something like that. So I wouldn't ask about um, salary salary, same goes for benefits, vacation time, sick time. Um, and don't ask about rumors. You know, the big thing now is every hospital is partnering with somebody and, you know, oh, there's a lawsuit here, there's a lawsuit there. Don't ask about those things, you know. Um, uh, you want to just focus on the position itself um, and wait for them to tell you position uh, benefits and salary. Um, and that, that can happen in time. You might even be able to find that online, uh, certainly. Uh, but that's it's the first interview is really not the place for that. It does sound like this transitions perfectly into our last question. Uh, I may have a follow-up or two, but our last question here of 
how do I pick the position now? I, I've gone through the application process. Maybe I've applied to three places. I've, I've nailed every interview. I've been offered three different jobs um, where I, I have a pick and that, that is something we all wish for. Um, how do I pick the right role for me? Obviously, money comes into play. Benefits does come into play for so many people. What's your process or what are your tips here on how to pick that career and that job more specifically that we're going after? Yeah, the biggest tip I can give somebody kind of like how I started is we usually start with distance, but I would focus more on that longevity of the of your career. Just like you mentioned, Dan, you know, honestly, you don't want to just focus on the convenience or the pay, even if it is, a you know, a couple dollars less an hour. Is it where you want to work? Does it have that next position? Certainly don't pick a job just because of the here and now. Don't turn down a job because it's an off shift that you don't want to work right now. Things change so very quickly in healthcare that honestly, you know, you might want to work in a NICU and they, this hospital has a NICU, but they don't have a position open there. Well, start in med surge. That doesn't sound glorious necessarily to you. That's fine. You know, it might only be, um, you know, uh, nine months. It might only be, you know, a year. But the benefit of starting in an agency and staying in an agency is huge. You know, you want to get in there and work for a place that makes sense to you um, and fits your needs. Even if it's another 10, 20 minute drive, if you're going to be happy working there, it won't matter. It will not matter. You might find someone to carpool with. You might move. You know, I don't know. Um, but you want to look at picking a place that just makes sense. What happened when you walked on the floor if they gave you a tour? of the agency. Did the nurses look at you? Did they not look at you? You know, were they running all over the place? Did it seem scatterbrained? How were the halls? Was it clean? You know, is it someplace that you want to work, especially if it's your first job? It's going to be stressful enough learning something new, but observe, you know, around, you know, did they take the time with you? Because as they did, did then they're going to invest in you throughout your career as well as if the nurses were stressed and you know didn't even make eye contact with you when you came on the floor is that who you want to work with you know you want to think about those type of things so you know thinking about all of that and I think it's also appropriate if they reach out to you and offer you a position asking for a tour can I come back and tour the unit if they don't ask that if they don't offer that at your interview that's completely appropriate um, and you know um, or even asking is there a contact contact person um, that works the floor that I could email back and forth with and getting their perspective. That's completely appropriate as well, you know. Um, and you always want to think um, that it, it can go anywhere. Longevity, that's really the key here, um, I think, is, is the biggest part. It, it, it's all about the long play. And I do have a follow-up. So oh, I, I said last question, but I do have yeah, one. So, so we're working. We're working for four years now. How do you go about the next application process? How do you go about seeking out the next step? You, you've worked in management, you've worked obviously in promoting your own career uh, and getting your career in the next steps. And now someone's listening, they've been a nurse for four years, wherever they may be, maybe they wanna leave where they are, they wanna just take that next step. What are the, some of those small steps you can give tips here as our final question, I promise that, um, on preparing yourself to be promoted or to get that next job um, that is the next level up? Yeah, you want to definitely think of, you know, this almost as like a placement game, you know, you're playing chess. 
what what am I doing now that will help me in the future? That's something I have always done um, is, you know, I looked at it as when I decided to go on, go for my master's degree, I really thought, you know, I really like to teach. However, hmm, I don't know if I want to do management as well. So I took a day to shadow um, both positions. I reached out to colleges and asked, hey, you know, if and I just went on the website. Googled anybody I could, you know, around the colleges and said, hey, if I was applying for a position to be one of your educators, would a master's degree in leadership qualify or not, as long as it was a master's degree in nursing? And they would say, yeah, I mean, apples to apples. Sure, you know, we would take someone with a master's degree in administration, you know, and same thing. I asked at the, you know, administration when I was shadowing with them you know, what, uh, would you take somebody with a master's degree in education? They said, yeah, a master's degree in nursing is a master's degree in nursing. You come with a lot of different things. So apples to apples. Yeah, we would consider that. So, you know, I kind of did that strategically that I got a master's degree in administration. Then I decided, you know what, if I'm going to do this teaching thing, I'm going to go back and get a PhD, but I'm going to get it in education. So then I have those two complements. So you want to think about those things. If you're going to get a certification, you want to think, okay, you know, I'm working in med surge now. So let's go ahead and get that certification, but how does it apply to the next thing? Think about what you can use it for. If you're going, and I'm going to use the example again, if you're going to like a NICU, then you want to say, okay, I have a certification in med surge. However, that highlighted time management, the chronically ill, um, you know, interventions, assessments. So in med surge, med surge, you take care of, you know, birth to death. So there's a lot of things that transfer over. So when you're looking at the next position, don't think, oh, well, it's not the same specialty, so it must not apply. How does it apply? And highlight that on your resume. Certainly, if it's a place that you already work for, it probably is going to be a shorter application, but that does not mean that you can't revamp that resume and resubmit it, especially if you know that there's, you know, X amount of people who are applying for it. Um, and, you know, most places are going to take internally. You know, they, they want to promote their people to do the next thing. Um, so, you know, having that... Um, resume and having that experience at that hospital will help uh, transition. And if you're going for that next position up, thinking about that. How does what you're doing now, what you've done in the past, what you're currently signed up to do, maybe you're going to a conference, you know, in a month that not everybody else on MedSurge is going to, but they extended the offer, you accepted, and that's coming up. You may want to include that, you know, look what I'm already doing. I'm doing this extra thing. So I look at management as you, you got to do all the extra things. You're leading a group, you're showing examples. So you might want to highlight that. So any of the little extras and keep track of that over your four years, like you had mentioned, you know, the, um, maybe I've been a nurse for four years. Keep track of those things. Keep the documents. Even if you're not keeping a journal and writing it all down, put a folder in your locker. And every time you go to a unit based council or a staff meeting, maybe the manager says, hey, you know, your floor is doing really, really well on the Prescanies, um, you know, what uh, changes have we done recently? And you say, actually, you know, what I started doing on the night shift is I started going in, you know, every hour and making sure I fill out my board or whatever, you know, write that down, put that in your binder and put it in your folder. You know, maybe a, hot, a representative comes from uh, the next school. I know sometimes at our hospital, 
we have my university come and talk to uh, people about the our RNWSN program. And if I attended that as a staff nurse, I take a flyer, I put it in my locker, and then later I say, well, I attended this because I was interested in it, and these are the steps that I'm making now to go on for that next degree. Just the intent itself will really uh, show a lot uh, for that. And certainly if you're on a unit-based council and you're doing a project, keep the paper, you know, keep the notes, and then you'll be reminded of that. Well, uh, amazing stuff today. That's going to do it for this prep cast. Connie, thanks so much for your time. Yeah, no problem, Dan. Happy to be here. And make sure to check out KaplanNursing.com for all your NCLEX RN and NCLEX PN exam prep needs. Find us on Facebook at Kaplan NCLEX Prep and on Twitter at Kaplan NCLEX. Filling in for Matt Cruel, I'm Dan Strafford. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time on the Kaplan NCLEX PrepCast. <laughs>